Thanks for tuning into the ES First podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So take a minute to hop on over and give us a like or a follow. And of course, if you're ever in Excelsior Springs, stop on by. We can't wait to welcome you home. Palm Sunday came early this year, I think. And today is Palm Sunday. I want to talk about my very favorite subject on planet Earth, and that is the subject of worship. The children of Israel spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. It must have been a great relief as they finally got into the promised land. And, but fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to say it, there were seven nations mightier than the children of Israel that they had to overtake. Deuteronomy chapter 7 lists it. He said there are the Hivites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. There's just a lot of ites. But uh, as you well know, the first one was uh, Jericho, and Joshua fit the bottle of Jericho, <laughs> and the walls came tumbling down. So God gave the children of Israel victory over every one of those seven nations, and of course, Jericho. And uh, so they were instructed after that to establish a festival and to name that festival the Feast of Tabernacles. And so at the Feast of Tabernacles, it was to commemorate they're coming out of, of uh, Egypt and uh, coming out of the wilderness into the promised land. And it was to commemorate uh, the annual bountiful harvest that the Lord gave them. And so every year from that time on, for seven days, once a year, they would have an exuberant celebration called uh, the Feast of Tabernacles. And part of this celebration was to take palm branches and use them as symbols of worship for God's deliverance and for his unending provision and his bounty. And so palm branches are literally a representation of worship. And so Webster defines worship, and he says it this way, it's to honor or show reverence for a divine being or for a supernatural power. So the instructions for the annual Feast of the Tabernacles started like this as, as instruments of worship on the first day of the festival, every Israelite carried about his palm branch all day long. Now, if you can imagine, that was a family affair. Little children, uh, boys and girls, moms and dads walking around hundreds of thousands, maybe millions uh, of people walking around uh, on that particular day with their waving their palm branch. And day two through six of the feast is called the middle days of the feast. And uh, the priests were to take the palm branches and they were to walk around the altar as they were offering the animal sacrifices unto the Lord as a purpose of worship. And then on the seventh day of the Feast of the Tabernacle, the priest would march around that uh, sacrificial altar. They would march around seven times and the people of uh, the children of Israel would come in and they would bring their palm branches and they would beat them on the altar, just beat them to smithereens until there was nothing less but a little, a little stick. And I guess that would be known as their exuberant uh, worship. But that's what they uh, had to do every year. So palm branches as a symbol of worship and uh, a celebration was common in the Jewish people, especially around festival times. And when Jesus rode into the city of Jerusalem on the day of the triumphal entry, it was the festival of the Passover. And so it was known to us today as the beginning of the Holy Week. 
and is prophesied in Zechariah chapter 9, 9, 487 years before the birth of Christ. Matthew 21, verses 4 through 9, the Message Bible said it this way. This is the full story of what was sketched earlier by the prophet speaking there of Zechariah. Tell Zion's daughter, look, your king's on his way, poised and ready, mounted on a donkey, on a colt, a foal of a pack animal. The disciples went and did exactly what Jesus told them to do. They led the donkey and the colt out, laid some of their clothes on them, and Jesus mounted the donkey. And nearly all of the people in the crowd threw their garments down on the road, giving him a royal welcome. And others cut branches from the trees and threw them down as a welcome mat. That's why we celebrate a Palm Sunday. And as was the custom again, willow branches and palm branches were used representing uh, the symbol of worship, the worshiping the Almighty. So my message today is, is simply entitled this, Worship. Or I may even add a little bit to that and say it this way, Worship with your God-given palm branches. The Bible has a lot to say about worship. It says in Psalms 95, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Psalms 96, Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. In Psalms 99, Exalt ye the Lord our God and worship him, for he is holy. And John 4, 24 says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, cut loose with your spiritual symbols of worship. Engage the palm branches and the willow branches of your very being. Psalms 100 and verse 1 says it this way, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God, it is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving and with his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth for all generations. So we quote a lot of scriptures about worship. We sing a lot of songs about worship. And we wholeheartedly engage diligently in the celebration of worship daily. And I like what Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 3, he talks about what Jesus accomplished when he willingly chose to come to this earth and to become the Savior of the world. It's a pivotal, life-changing message. One of his very first sermons, and it says this, and it was written in Isaiah, and he quoted it again there in the... In the uh, when he came to Jerusalem, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. We know about that. We're the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. That includes us. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And of course, this is what he did when he came and died on the cross and gave his life for us. 
He set us free. And then he said, if you can picture this, he said, I'll do that for you, that you might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified in this. Psalms 1.1, I preached about this uh, last week, I believe, and it said it this way. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate both day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf, or his branches, shall not wither, and whatsoever he doth shall prosper. Now, if we are trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, because Jesus came to be our Savior and our Redeemer, die on the cross, give his life for us, that we might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. So if we are that, then what are our palm branches? If we're palm trees, what are our branches for worship that are not to wither and dry up? Brandon preached a few weeks ago in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 13. Wow, what a sermon this one was. You ought to go back on the podcast and listen to that one. And he said, do not yield your members, speaking of parts of your body. Do not yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. That's what worship is. So the question then is this, what are our members? <laughs> what are our instruments of worship? May we even say it this way, what are our spiritual Palm branches that we're to bring before the Lord. Well, I have a list of here. Our hands, our feet, eyes, ears, heart, mind, mouth. These are some of the instruments of worship, and we might well call them our palm branches. As we become trees of righteousness, then... That's what happens. We become spiritually a tree of righteousness, and we have the branches which we recognize as spiritual palm branches. So people are attracted to worshipers. I don't know if you know that or not. All my family are worshipers. I thank God for this. I am a worshiper. <laughs> that is my number one subject on this planet Earth, that I might worship the Almighty God. My dad was a worshiper. My mother was a worshiper. I remember them pastoring a church in Stockton, California. They would stand on the platform. It was kind of a cold church, and they didn't really understand worship too much, but my daddy would stand on the platform, and he would lift his hands in worship. Mama would take her guitar and sing, lift her hands in worship. My mother and dad were worshipers. My sister in uh, Fresno, California, believe me, she's a worshiper. She knows how to worship the Lord. My little brother, Ricky Dean, out there in uh, Tacoma, Washington, you want to see a worshiper, there's a worshiper. I remember Ricky Dean, my brother from Tacoma, my sister Beverly from Fresno came and sat in this balcony right up here in this very church. And as we began to sing worship praises, it blessed my heart to see my little brother and my little sister lifting up their hands in worship unto the Lord. We are worshipers. We wave our palm branches before the Lord every day. 
Oh, my, my other brother, Jimmy, that's going on to be with the Lord. Now, there was a worshiper. That kid could worship like none other. My wife, Nancy Jo, she's a worshiper. I'll tell you that for sure. Every one of my children are worshipers. My grandchildren, we are all worshipers. And so let me explain how our members, our hands, our eyes, our feet, our heart, can be instruments of worship or palm branches that we can answer unto the Lord. First of all, our hands. 1 Timothy 2.18. I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and with doubting, without doubting. We lift our hands up to the Lord in worship. It's as though we were waving our palm branches of worship to the Lord spiritually. And so let's think of them as palm branches dedicated to the very purpose of worshiping our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who gave his life for us. Not only when we lift them up, but when we use them to hand out. And not only when we use them to hand out, but when we use them to receive. The Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. It doesn't say it's not blessed to receive. He said it's more blessed to give than to receive, meaning it's also a blessing to receive. And so I remember the first time one of my sons paid for my dinner. <laughs> kind of blew me away, to be honest with you. I'm used to picking up the tab. I remember the first time Brandon bought me dinner. I reached in my pocket, and he said, no, Dad, I got, I got, don't worry, I got this covered. I thought, yikes, what am I going to do here? Well, he was worshiping with his palm branches. He was offering a gift with his hand. Now, it was my responsibility to receive a gift with my hand. <laughs> And so our hands are branches of worship. How about uh, our collection of things that we have in our house? You might say, well, I don't have anything to give. Well, how about the hoarding? <laughs> Wouldn't it be interesting if we just decided to turn our hoarding into palm branches <laughs> and just give stuff away? Wouldn't it be wonderful to have that closet emptied out or that garage emptied out? But you know, there's something about that hoarding experience until we get that giving spirit. I remember back in the 19, uh, uh, let's be in the 1965 and 70s when they had all of these uh, particular uh, communes of worship and people would have all of their stuff in common as they lived together in kind of a community. They had everything in common. Like if you had a riding mower, everybody used it. <laughs> if, if you had a, a chainsaw and, and uh, somebody wanted to use a chainsaw, they'd just use yours and bring it back. Well, that's nice. But wouldn't it be wonderful if we could just give it all away? Uh, I think I could empty a few things out of my garage. And uh, so uh, you've heard about empty nest syndrome. <laughs> Wouldn't it be interesting if we got to giving so much away that uh, we would have uh, empty garage syndrome <laughs> or empty closet syndrome? Hmm. I'll tell you, it's a wonderful thing to be a giver, it's a, uh, to reach out with our hands of giving, and it's a, it's a palm branch of worship unto the Lord. I remember when I was on the road as an evangelist, there was a Julia that was in Waterloo, Iowa, and we had prayer lines and 
during these revival services, people would come down and we would lay hands on them and pray over them during the service. And uh, this young man, he was the drummer. Actually, he played the drums for that particular church. And he came up to me and he had a gun in his hand. And I thought, oh my goodness, what is he going to do? Well, come to find out, he was a match pistol champion. And he brought his match pistol to me and he said, I don't really have a whole lot to put in the offering here, Brother Block, but he said, I would like to give you my match pistol. Well, that was nice. <laughs> At the end of the revival services, he came up to me again and he had, he was a jeweler and when he went out of the jewelry business, he first of all built a beautiful diamond ring for himself. And uh, it was a gorgeous, big, beautiful diamond. And he handed it to me and he said, Brother Block, once again, I don't have anything to put in the offering, but I want to give this to you. Well, now, that's my first diamond. I had a diamond on my hand. It made a difference in the way I preached. Instead of preaching like this, I would preach with my diamond stuck out. <laughs> there was just something about that diamond that was beautiful. I loved it, and it was very expensive, and it was a gorgeous one of a kind. But I remember when I got out to uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia, and I was preaching a revival service there in that huge church, and God spoke to my heart, and he said, I want you to give that diamond to this church. And I said, oh, my. Because just prior to my getting into the pulpit, the pastor got up and he said, they've asked for us to pay a huge amount of money onto our uh, mortgage payment. And the guy said that for every dime that your church gives, I'll match it. And so the Lord told me to give that diamond. I said to the congregation, I'm going to give this diamond. And you can take that money and you can, you can sell it and, then you, and that man will double it. And if you have gifts around the house, you can open up your hands and bring in your automobiles and your boats and your, all your stuff. And let's just sell it and turn it into mortgage money for the church. Well, that was a beautiful day and quite a lot of money was raised for that church on that particular time. I thought, well, now God will give me a bigger diamond. Well, he hasn't done that yet. <laughs> but I, I am very, very satisfied with having uh, a giving hand to the Lord. So Jeremiah the prophet wrote in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 41. He said, let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God in the heaven. Our heart can be a conduit of worship as well. So my question to you today is what's in your heart? Letting your heart be a storage unit for holiness, this is one of the greatest of all of your palm branches is a, a heart full of holiness and full of wonderful things that God has put in there, and it becomes an instrument of righteousness because the Bible said out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in your heart? And listen to what the psalmist David said in Psalms chapter 30. To the end, this is one of my favorite scriptures. I want you to get this. To the end, Psalms 30 verse 12, that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. That my glory will sing praise unto you. That my glory might be my daily palm branch that I can wave to the almighty Savior of my soul. And as you research into the Bible and you ask this question, well, what was David's glory? It is an unbreakable link between your heart and your mouth. That's what your glory is. In other words, 
it goes on and says, he wrote this. He said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. My mouth shall speak of wisdom and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding to the end that my glory will sing praise unto you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. And so, you know, the tongue is an unruly member. You can't tame it. The tongue will reveal what your glory really is, what's in your heart, what's coming out of your mouth. I just pray that there are blessings in worship because this worship unto the Lord is our waving of our palm branches before the Almighty. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks in the heart. Our eyes can be palm branches of worship. Mark chapter 9, verse 47, if your eye offend, you pluck it out. It's better to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes. And so you need to declare what you look at is a form of worship. Boy, that brings it down. Because your palm branch eye carries a whole lot of weight into your spiritual life. What you look at and what you listen to is what you're feeding on. And your spiritual life grows as your eyes become a palm branch of worship to where you dedicate yourself. I will not look at this, at this thing. I will not observe this. I will cause myself, I will cause my eyes, what I look at, what I see with my eyes to be a form of worship unto the Almighty. How, how about your feet? as members of your body, as instruments of worship, as palm branches of worship, where do your feet carry you? My feet carry me where I choose to go. And I need to ask my feet, don't take me there. I need to tell my feet, take me here. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet can be palm branches of worship as well. Hmm, what about our ears? One songwriter said, be careful little ears what you hear. Now today's social media is one of our main means of communication. Fingers of technology is our sign language of the day. Our thumbs ministry on our phone, declare what's on the inside of our heart. And so I have to ask myself, when I get on the computer, is what I'm saying palm branches of worship? When I get on the phone with my thumbs and I'm doing the thumbs theology, is it a palm branch of worship? Whatever you choose to print, read, forward, meditate on, memorize, or giggle at, is what your palm branch of worship looks like. It's either good for edification or it's a sounding brass and tinkling symbol. And it might even go so far as to be trash. I don't know. I want my thumbs ministry and my finger work on the computer 
to be a palm branch of worship. Usually I give everyone equal opportunity to be my friend on Facebook, so I accept when I read their posts and the message and their post content reeks with ungodliness, immorality, words opposite to Philippians 4.8, which says, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are honest, just, whatsoever things are good, lovely, thinks on these things. If their content on my computer doesn't follow those guidelines, I unfollow them. And if it goes a little bit further to where they become vulgar, using words that shouldn't be used, I see that as unfriend because I want my computer and everything I have to say and everything I listen to and everything I see to be a palm branch of worship. Well, I need to close with this. There are multitudes of examples and worships worshiping about the Lord and the beauty of holiness I could give you. But this is one thought that I want to conclude with. As you take serious the thought that you are a tree of righteousness, that you are the planting of the Lord, as you grow in your worship, presenting to Jesus the waving of your spiritual palm branches, now listen to this. As you become this in the kingdom, you unleash the most valuable asset on planet Earth. You unleash it. And that most valuable asset that comes from heaven, which is at your disposal, is this. The scriptures will come alive and have purpose in your life. In other words, as you bring your members into the captivity of worship, the Lord will open up your spiritual eyes and cause you to see what the scripture has to say for you, which will bring you into the fullness of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so the scriptures in 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Now, if I come across somebody that don't get doctrine, they've been in the church all their life, but they don't even understand doctrine. You know what that tells me? They're not a worshiper. It tells me their eyes are looking at the wrong thing. Their lips are saying the wrong thing. Their computers are entertaining the wrong subject, and their feet are carrying them into mischievous instead of following after the Lord. It says it's also good for reproof and for correction. Did you know there's some people that don't want to be reproved or corrected? And so they go on through life like an accident going somewhere to happen. But when you turn your members of your body into channels of worship and you become that, it opens up the scriptures into your life that will reprove you and will correct you so that you can walk circumspectly before the Lord. Oh, I'd like to, that's another sermon. I'd like to talk about that. It also says that the scripture is good for instruction in righteousness. A lot of people don't have a clue what it, how they're supposed to serve the Lord. I've seen people try to walk in the church. They've got bitterness. They've got resentfulness. They're gossipers. They're finger pointers. They're cheap. All these kinds of things. And they say that they're followers of the Lord. And I have to say in my heart, you're not following the same Lord I'm following because that's not the way I act and that's not the way people around me act. And so your level of worship catapults the dynamics of the inspired Word of God coming alive in your life. Well, you say, you know, I've never really come to Jesus. Well, here at ES First, we'd like to give you that opportunity to come to Jesus.
There are three things that we like to say. <laughs> uh, I call them the BFF. I remember first saying BFF. What in the world is BFF? Well, I guess it's the best friends forever, somebody said. But BFF means to me, number one, I believe in you, Jesus. Number two, forgive me of my sins. And number three, I will follow after you forever. So if you'd like to give your life to Jesus on this beautiful Palm Sunday, would you just say that prayer with me? Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me of my sins. I want to follow after you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.